When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance. I am so delighted today to have a really fun guest with us, Jason Freeman. And we've talked several times on the phone, Jason, and we can't stop talking. Even in our green room, we were like, you know, maybe we need to be talking on recording this. So I am so delighted to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jen. I'm really delighted to be here. Let me tell everybody a little bit about you. Whenever you speak to an audience, be in an intimate mastermind in North County, San Diego, or an assembly of 1,500 high school students in Austin, Minnesota, you are absolutely 100% committed to bringing your speech impediment with you. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. love that. Yeah, Audience see you on stage against all odds, living your dream, which helps them live their dreams and get closer to attaining them. You have a unique walk, a love of country music, a sweet tooth, a master of fine arts and poetry, a TEDx talk, which I'm excited because I'm about ready to do mine, my first one, and a book you authored called Awkwardly Awesome, Embracing My Imperfect Best. So welcome to the show. I am really excited to talk about imperfection today, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think this is a great topic for us. So give us a little background on you before we, you know, ask you a ton of questions. All of us humans experience imperfections, whether we want them. We never really want them, but we experience them. So I, I thought, hey, I'll, I know this is going to happen. So I'll get started right off the bat. So, I mean, I don't want to waste any time, Jen. So when I was born, I got my umbilical cord kinked like a garden hose, which makes it difficult for me to say the word umbilical. As a result, I have this pronounced fine speech impediment and some coordination differences. But also, I've been bad lucky because it could have been a much worse injury. Yeah, it could have been much worse. You know, and I mean, you've gone yeah. on to go to college and, you know, achieve all these beautiful things. I know you have a beautiful mind, but I know something happened to you when you were younger that I'd like for you to share. I was born to very loving parents. I'm the only son, and, and they nurtured me when I was young to think I was the best, and I wanted to be everything from a carpenter to a doctor to a successful businessman. But then fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, I started 
looking at the other kids and looking at me and going, hey, this is unfair. The other boys can play sports well. And my biggest skill is catching basketballs with my glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, by the way, that's a skill I have, too, except it's with my nose. (laughs) (laughs) These are painful skills we have. (laughs) No one else in my grade school had a, a speech impediment. And I, I'm like, why am I different? And I think everyone comes to this point about something in their life. At some point, they have like something hidden that they're embarrassed to tell other people. And, right. And they're like, why do I have that different thing? I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. And seventh grade, I really didn't want the difference. Plus, I was concerned about the national and international news about nuclear, accidental nuclear war breaking up between the United States and the USSR. So with all this stress and all the shame about my body image and, and just thinking I was nothing, I um, one day got on my bike unannounced from school, pedaled furiously home, got home, and I attempted to take my own life. Yeah, which is so sad, you know, at such a young age. And especially having loving, supporting parents and still not feeling like you were good enough. For those that are listening here, you're going to be on my, hopefully going to be on my television show, Tell Me I Can't as well. So we're going to explore that further once COVID is gone, right? What do you say to families that have young kids that now, because we've heard that the suicide rate is up. I've heard it. I mean, statistically, we've heard it. I've been fortunate enough that no one in our my circle, I've heard, have had any difficulties, but the suicide's up for children. Obviously, we know it's up for adults as well because everyone's going through a lot of things. We feel like we're resilient, but there's an undertone. So what do you say to people like that that are feeling imperfect, not because of a physical issue or anything like that? When you look back on you and you say, here I was seven years old and I was feeling this way because you had a physical impairment or a speech impediment. What do you say to people that are perfect? I mean, not perfect, but they're kids that don't feel that they're perfect because they're watching people on Facebook or they're seeing what other people are doing. They're comparing themselves to everyone else, just like you did. It's no different. What do you say to those people that have these children like this or to them that about imperfection? Because I know this is your specialty. It's challenging because We want the people we love to be happy and to be doing well. But the first thing I would say to me as a seventh grader Hmm. and to parents now is listen and honor where your kids are. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't like just say, oh, you're pretty. Oh, don't worry about it. You're smart. Mm. Honor that rather than saying, don't worry about it. It's okay. Yeah, and it's so tempting just to try and build someone up. So I would tell parents and, and friends to listen to your, your young people, but also I would tell young people and I would tell anyone, listen to y- yourself, really listen to your struggle. Why 
part of the reason I got in trouble is I was feeling all these feelings and then telling myself I don't want to feel that. So I wasn't listening and honoring myself. So all the emotions just, instead of getting released, they just built up. Right. Jason, tell us a little bit about some of the ceilings that you've had to break through in your life. Because I this is all about ceilings, right? Ask me that. That's a great question. <laughs> well, that's the name of the podcast, right? So we have to ask that question. <laughs> Success to see. Success to significance, life after breaking through glass ceilings. Because what happens is that once our mess becomes our message, right? Once we've broken through a glass ceiling and we're on the top of that, we're saying, hey, I can help you get there too. And then we're looking up to the next, our next level and wanting to break through glass ceilings. And we're listening for other people to share with us how to take that next step. So tell us about some of the ceilings that you've had to break through in your life. Back to junior high, there was this one kid who every day I came to school was constantly putting me down and bullying. Mm-hmm. Constantly, constantly, constantly telling me I couldn't live the life I wanted, that I would never be good enough. And then when I got home, he would nag me too. Do you know know who that kid was? You. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, I've had to figure out how to communicate with people in a way that they understand what's going on with, with my voice. And like, I now I'm very casual about it and I make jokes about my voice. But back in the day, I was don't talk about my speech impediment. So that created a, a glass ceiling between me and other people based on my disability. But once I learned how to, to break through the glass ceiling, I'm going to say the glass ceiling of the shame about being me, I could start giving other people cues of how to treat me and how to understand me and how to help me. And they started letting me help them. And so that ceilings kind of slowly dissolved. I guess it was a co-creation between me and the people around me that it dissolved. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because you and I've talked about, I've mentioned on this podcast too, is that I almost lost my husband last year to a brain injury, right? And now we're in that mode of trying to figure out how to communicate. And it's a co-collaboration because mm. I'm learning mm. how to re-engage with a man that I've known for 40 years, right? 42 years. I've been married to for 38, but he's a new person. And mm. I have been always interacting with him a certain way. And now that has to change. And we've been collaborating on, well, how does this work? And why didn't you understand? And how come I said the thing I said? And how come you said what you said? And it's, it's very challenging. So I love that you say this collaboration that happened with that. Tell us about some of the things that you've done in your life that you're most proud of. I think the biggest thing I'm most proud of is I'm a really good friend to lots of people. I I love love people's stories. I love asking people questions. I love bringing out the the best in people. And I've kind of learned how to keep friendships 
even when big challenges arise, how to navigate through that. So I think more than anything, I I am proud of being a, a good friend and oh, and then a good son to my parents too. Yeah. Well, and you know, true friendship, right? And and when you say, because I, I mean, I know you have a big heart and true friendship is when people are there even at bad times. And we've experienced that recently, you know, with my husband and I is that people kind of drifted away and the real friends stayed in the hard times and call and find out how both of us are doing because they know he's struggling, but they're also asking about me. And I think that's relevant with, especially for what you do. I mean, I think that's important. So when you did your TED talk, if you can, because I know you can do it for 18 minutes, right? (laughs) But when you did your TED talk, if you could condense it and tell us what was the biggest message that you conveyed during that or the biggest message that you'd want to convey to someone if you were to do another TED talk right now, you could do either or in what's most important and relevant in your life right now. So I'll talk about my first TED Talk quickly. The main message is is do your imperfect best. And what I mean by that is I encourage people to dream, have goals, and to really think of what their best is and really courageously own what they want to do in life. And then when they're taking small steps towards the that go easy, like mistakes are going to happen. Like Michael Jordan got cut from a varsity basketball team in school at one point. Right. Like when we learn something new, a new skill, we're not good at it. Mistakes happen. So I encourage people to notice the imperfection instead of using the imperfection as a reason to stop and say, oh, I'm not good at this, to learn from the mistake and move forward. And like, say we want to go from San Diego to Boston, the principal way not to get there is to go off in some different direction. If we want to get there, keep going in that direction. Like, sure, some days it's going to be slow, but just keep going in that direction. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to have snow and sometimes you're going to have flat tires. And you talk a lot about the stress of modern life and how people can relax, especially now in the pandemic. It's really funny because I feel like, because you know, I'm an empath and I feel that I really feel people's pressure in their chest when I speak with them. I don't feel that when I'm speaking to you, but I do feel that when I'm speaking to people, sometimes that pressure, and then I start feeling it. And it's odd because you would think that if we were going hundred miles an hour, the glorification of busyness that everyone has, if we were going hundred miles an hour and we were still driving and commuting and going to lunch and having dinner and networking and going to the dry cleaner to pick up whatever and had this crazy busy life, that stress is a lot different than the stress that we're experiencing now, whether we know it or not. What are the suggestions that you have for people to mitigate the stress that we're all experiencing now and to have a relaxing lifestyle? First of all, know that it's possible to be more relaxed. I used to be the most stressful person I knew. I used to call my the most stressful person in America. I was just constantly stressed out. Notice you're really stressed out. 
then start investigating different ideas. Like I've done lots of yoga for like about a 14-year period. Now I do meditation where I I count my breaths a few different times a day. And they both work. They both worked at different times in my life. But just it's so important to find what works and find something that you love doing on a consistent basis. Because if you just do yoga once and quit because you don't like it, it's not going to do you any good. So Right, right. Well, I'm laughing about this because, I mean, I love yoga. I love meditation. I shouldn't say that. Let me say I love meditation. I'm not such a fan of yoga because I have my back is always stiff and I'm sure it would help me, but I just getting through it, right? It's just painful. And I know if I went, Mm. take your advice and follow, you know, go to Boston, just keep my eye on the prize. I'd probably be better. But I'm laughing about it because one of the things that I love that relieves a lot of stress for me is, and I've mentioned this, I probably on this podcast is, I love watching birds and I'm not a bird watcher where, you know, I got my book and I'm trying to figure out what the kind of birds they are and my binoculars or anything like that. I just love watching them because I sit here in my office. I have a bay window, right? So I've got, I have 52 Uh windows in my house, 52 windows on the first floor, just just on the first floor. So any angle I go, I can see outside and Uh the snow that we've had recently and the ice and everything, these poor little guys, they're just trying to find anything, right? And so I mm. said to my husband, go get some more bird seed. And I ordered a new bird feeder. And, mm. you know, I just love watching them. And for me, just standing at the window and watching them do their little antics and the blue jays are mean and the cardinals are beautiful and, you know, all these things that are going on, it takes away all the stress. Mm. I call it my own timeout. Like I put myself on timeout quite a few times a day where I just breathe. Mm-hmm. Like you said, breathing is so important. When we're not breathing during the day, we're in a perpetual state of fight or flight, mm-hmm. right? Fight, flight, fear, fawn, all of those. We're in all those perpetual states and breathing just automatic, especially when you're counting. You mentioned counting, right? We have to count yeah. when we breathe. Takes us out of that state of fight or flight and we're helping ourselves live longer by doing that. I call it a timeout. I did a timeout last night. It was so ingrained in something that I I went to my husband. He goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm on a timeout. And he goes, oh. (laughs) And I came back to it and I was able to finish it faster. So I love that you said, you know, about that relaxing. So as we finish our time here today, what message do you want to share with people that are listening to this podcast and whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to say, what message do you want to give them today? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Really tune in again to the dreams you had. I mean, maybe just a few years ago, maybe dreams as a kid, but Mm -hmm. really tune into the dreams. And it's so easy to just look up way ahead and say, oh, there's so much going on. These things will never happen. But joining involves going around corners. And when we turn the next corner, there might be a miracle that we may meet a person who accelerates our life as we accelerate their life. We don't know what's around the next corner. So build your energy up. So when you go around the corner and find something beautiful, that you have the energy to embrace it and go, yes, this is what I'm looking for. 
and go, yes, I want to play now with this. Yay, this is here instead of, this is good, but I'm exhausted. So that's what I would say. Yeah, I love that. So live life to your fullest. You never. I love that you said going around the corner that you never know there's a miracle right around the corner. We just have mm-hmm. to have to have the energy to go pursue it. Jason, thank you so much for your words of wisdom here today and sharing your story. Your, you know, your heart, like I said, is so large. I can feel it. It's just so big. And I love that you're making an impact on people when most people in your situation would say, you know what, I'll just be alone. I'll be in a room. I'll be with my mom and dad and I'm not going to be out there. I'm not going to stick my neck out. I love that you're doing that. I love that you're putting yourself out there for everyone to see what's possible. So thank you so much for your contribution to this podcast today. Thanks so much for having me on, Jen, and for all you do to encourage people to break through the glass ceiling in their life. Thank you. Thank you so much. So everybody, again, thanks for joining us today on this podcast. And we will have links to get in touch with you, right? If someone wants to talk to you about speaking at an event or being on their podcast, we make sure we'll have those links so you can get in touch with Jason. And, you know, as always, I say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to us today. We hope that you gain something from today and that you were inspired to take some action in your life to break through those glass ceilings. And last but not least, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Jennifer Duplass is on YouTube and subscribe so that you can watch all of these wonderful videos that we're putting together and with all of these great interviews. And until next time, we'll catch you on Success to Significance. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.